A reading from the second chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, beginning with verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, they spent much time together in the temple. They broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Gospel according to John, chapter 10, beginning with the first verse. <clears throat> Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold but by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what He was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before Me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by Me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ for us, the people of Christ. Thanks be to God. Believe it or not, I once heard a story about a woman who became dissatisfied with her church. Now, I know that doesn't happen these days. But it happened, you know, a couple decades ago. And that person started looking for another church. And it was said to me that that person picked the church with the most expensive cars in the parking lot. And that was where she decided she would join. That's rough, isn't it? Doesn't give us much hope, people. Pick the church with the most expensive cars. I've recently heard complaints by pastors and other people about how people choose where they're going to worship. Some choose because of connections. Some choose because 
They want to network. They go where the money is or they go where the cool music is, where the young hipsters are, so that they can network and improve their business amongst, well, people we would call yuppies here in this corner of the world. Is that what Jesus meant by abundant life? That if we come into the sheepfold of God through Him, that we will have all we want, the car we want, the house we want. Is that what Jesus means when He says that we will have life and have it abundantly? Does He mean that we will have all the desires of our heart? I don't know about yours, but sometimes my heart wants things I don't really need. Things that would be bad for me. Sometimes I can't trust my heart. Did Jesus mean that somehow if we prayed the right prayers or put just the right amount of money in the plate that we would have riches beyond our wildest dreams? He did say to us that if we're faithful with a little, we will find increase. But did He mean money or did He mean life? Was He saying to us that if we're faithful with our wallet? We will have whatever we want. Was he saying to us that if we're faithful with life, we will have life? I've told you before about one of my favorite comics. It shows a picture. If we had a big screen, I could put it up there, but I don't. So we have to, we'll have to do this, do it this way. Um, it shows a pastor baptizing a man, and he's baptizing him by full submersion. And the, the man has been properly instructed that baptism is whole baptism into Christ. That when we're baptized into Christ, listen, when your mama brought you here, for those of you who were baptized here, wherever you were, if you were brought as an infant, as a 12-year-old, as an adult, whatever it happened, what was intended for you is that you would die to yourself and live for Christ. That everything you have and are would belong to Christ. That we would belong to Him. And apparently this particular person who has been baptized had been carefully schooled by the pastor that it meant all those things. And so the comic shows as he goes under, he holds his wallet up above the water to say that God can't have that part of my life. And strangely enough, I think that people who worry about whether or not we can trust God with this part of our life also sometimes think that when Jesus says abundant life, He means this part of our life. Money. What Jesus said was the root of all evil. Is that what Jesus means by abundant life? Or could it be something else? Could it be the sweetness of children talking about honoring their mothers? Could it be the hope we have as we sing about a tie that binds us, that makes us one with each other? Take a look at each other for a minute. Look around. There's a myth in the world today that Jesus came to save individuals. You'll notice that Jesus didn't say, I'm a gate for a particular sheep, did He? He didn't say that, did He? No, He said for the sheep. You'll notice that He didn't say, I'm only going to let so-and-so in because they, they do everything right. 
Jesus is probably working from Psalm 118. It says that, that God will make a gate for the righteous. And we know that it's through Christ that God has made us righteous. Right, church? Say amen. None of us here is righteous in and of ourselves. We're all sinners, including your pastor. I believe Martin Luther was right. I'm a saint and a sinner. But I also believe that Wesley was right, that Jesus is improving me on the saint side. And I'm growing, and I'm learning to live an abundant life that doesn't mean being worried about my bank account all the time. It doesn't mean being worried about how many people are here on Sunday or how many people are here at Bible school or Bible study. That's hard. So I know it's hard for you in your jobs. I know it's hard for you in your family. I know it's hard for you when you open your bank statement to look and wonder, what, what does Jesus mean about when is this abundant life going to show up? I bet if we asked all of our mothers, they would tell us that abundance comes when we see our children give themselves to Christ. I bet if we asked those same mothers, they would say, it's even better when their grandchildren are confirmed. Because grandchildren are your reward for not killing your children. (laughs) And it's good to see them turn out right, isn't it? I bet those mothers would say that abundant life comes here in a community. Because we're saved to belong to each other, to love each other, to love Mackenzie DeCure as she goes through all she's been through. To love her deeply and personally. And know that she's ours and belongs to us and whatever hurts her, hurts us. To stand together when families fall apart. And say we will love all of you no matter what. We've been given to each other to uphold each other and love each other and care for each other when the world says that we shouldn't. That we should just be satisfied to be who we are and be private people. And one of the horrible things that came about in the Enlightenment is people assumed that we should be private about our faith. Where is that in the Bible? It ain't in there. There's nothing in the Bible that says your faith is a private matter. Faith is a gift from God to be celebrated with others in a community that we call the church. The assembly is what that word means. It's Christ's assembly. It's what He put together. It's what He came to create. Somebody asked me one time, Pastor, can I be saved if I don't go to church? And I said, well, sure, but why would you? What would be the point in that? If you can't stand Christians now, what makes you think you want to be around them for eternity? If you don't like worship now, why do you want to spend eternity on your knees? That doesn't make sense. Christ came to create a new kind of life. A new way of living where I'm not the main thing. Where it's not about me, but about others and about Him. He told us, love each other as I've loved you. And He loved us by dying for us. Can we say that we love others when we keep everything that's about us for ourselves? Jesus said, I'm the gate. People today, I hope none of y'all, you might have one. The sentiment is beautiful, but I can't stand those coexist bumper stickers. I'm all for religions not fighting and killing each other. I think that's, especially Christians, we ought not be persecuting other people because of their faith. 
But we also can't lay down that Jesus said, I'm the gate. I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. I can't let go of that. As a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I cannot say to you that I believe all faiths go to the same God. Because Jesus was the only religious leader in history who was raised from the dead after saying that He was the Son of God. You know, they put Him to death because He claimed to be God. That's in the Bible. And what did God do? He said He was right. Get up. It's a sign to us that He was right. I've heard people say just recently, oh, but He was a good teacher. I go to church because He was a good teacher. Well, so what? Faye's a good teacher. Right, Faye? I've heard it from some of your students. Anybody can be a good teacher and teach somebody how to live a better life, a good life, but not anybody can create community and create a place where we feel like we belong together and belong to each other, can they? It doesn't happen at a self-help group that happens in church. That happens because we come to the table as the first church did when they broke bread together in their homes because they didn't have a sanctuary building yet. And they all got together at their homes and they lifted the bread and said, Remember the death of Jesus! And they broke it and they ate it. And they prayed together and they drank wine together and they celebrated life together. And Jesus made them one of one accord. They had one heart among them that, that nobody should be poor, nobody should hurt Nobody should be left behind in society, especially in the church. And they lived that out. They gave themselves. They sold their property. When somebody needed something, they made sure they had it. No welfare program. It was about Jesus. Because Jesus said to love each other. And you know what they discovered? That abundant life happened together. That abundant life wasn't about what I want. I've been trying to talk myself into buying a new boat. That's just the devil at work. I have a perfectly good boat. But there it is. Struggling against my wants and needs that I know are in our community. Struggling against all of that. And knowing that God will forgive me. But also knowing that at some point I have to give in to the notion that we're all bound up together to do a specific work which is love others. And that is where abundant life happens. Abundant life doesn't happen because we finally got the house we wanted, the car we wanted, the boat we wanted, the guitar we wanted, the soccer ball we wanted, whatever it is you've been wanting. Abundant life happens because God gave us to each other. Let us into the same sheep pen, His sheep pen, so that we can go in and out and have pastures, so that we can be filled with goodness and have lives filled with goodness. And Jesus said to them, I am the gate. I am the way that you pass from death to life. There's a funny little blurb going around in the Facebook world. Pastors like to share it. I don't like to share things that pastors like to share because I don't want anybody that's one of my friends on Facebook to think I'm meaning that it's about them. You know what I mean? Like pastors like to share the ones about all the reasons it's hard to be a pastor. If y'all don't know it's hard to be a pastor, y'all haven't been paying attention. You don't need that. <laughs> y'all have had plenty of pastors here. You know that's hard. And then, but one that's going around right now is really great. It's about a, a new sickness that's developed in our country called affluenza instead of influenza, where our whole, our whole ethos right now revolves around wealth. 
all of our news story, the economy is the leading story, stock market, job issues, it's all about money. It's all about growing the economy. You know, the thing can't grow forever, folks. <laughs> it's all about money. Affluenza, how can we get better? How can we build wealth? Building wealth may be the American dream, but it's not God's dream. God's dream is building community. Building the people who love each other. The church needs wealth. The church is wealth. That's true. I used to tell people sometimes God don't need our money. I was probably wrong. I think God does give to us so that we can give to others. One of the best ways that we give to others is supporting the mission of our church. Our church does some wonderful things in the world with our gifts. Abundant life comes as we serve others in a community of faith. That's what Jesus was doing. That's why he said, I'm the gate for the sheep. Take away the sheep and what Jesus said makes no difference, does it? He can be the gate all he wants if there's no sheep. But if he's the gate for the sheep, if we're willing to enter, if we're willing to come to God through him, through his sacrifice for us, and to realize that what that means is that we're dying to ourselves and being raised to new life in him. And what that means is we're going to live like he lived and love like he loved. Then we can have abundant life, folks. That's a promise we can count on. But if our desire is to serve us, to serve just ourselves, it's going to be hard for us to live with entering that gate. My prayer for us is that as we live out what it means to be a people who have come to God through Christ, that we will learn to love giving of ourselves for others. To love it more and more. That's what makes us different about than any other faith. That was, that's what makes us different than our people we work with who aren't believers. Jesus said they'll know you by your love. They'll know you're my disciples because you love one another. That's what abundant life is. Jesus' promise to us is to bind us up into an assembly of faith, of hope, and of love. There is no greater gift. Be at peace with His calling to you to enter through Him. Love one another. 